0: Welcome, friends. This is James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. Today's the 3rd of May, 2014. And today, we're uh, sorry, 3rd of June, 2014. My, how time flies. Today, we're talking to Julia Turiansky of uh, BraveTheWorld.com. And for those of you who haven't checked out her website or her YouTube channel, I suggest you do so. And of course, links will be in the show notes so that you can uh, go and check that out for yourself. And while you're there, you should check out her latest video from Bilderberg 2014 uh, in Copenhagen, where she had the very interesting chance to talk to a Bilderberg member for a full half-hour conversation. Very interesting little piece of video. So, uh, Julia, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today.
1: Thank you. You have a good radio voice.
0: <laughs> I've worked <laughs> on it for many years. Well, let's oh, let's get st- straight into it um, by talking a little bit about yourself. This might be the first time that some of the people out there have uh, encountered you. So why don't we just talk about uh, Brave the World and what this site is and what it is you do?
1: Yeah, uh, well, it's mostly my YouTube channel that I concentrate on. And the site has some extra content if anyone's interested to explore. But... I basically promote anti-state mentality, and um, I guess by definition, I am an individualist anarchist, and everything that I do, you know, not everything, but a lot of the content I produce kind of resonates with that lifestyle or that philosophy. Yeah, so Bilderberg is naturally, you know, this grouping of power and think tanks and royalty and politics and business and all these people that influence our day-to-day life in a very significant way, everything that I'm against, basically. Um, So it was natural for me to go and protest, I guess, or check it out or, you know, make them nervous or have them come out and uh, engage us like Mr. Diedrich, uh, Diedrich did.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about this. So I won't set it up too much, but basically, uh, Diedrich Samsom is the parliamentary leader there in the Netherlands and uh, was a former uh, Greenpeace Netherlands activist who who, be- who got interested in politics. An interesting character in his own right. But let's let's talk about the conversation. How did this come about? Because the the video starts very abruptly. So so what was the the setup to this?
1: Yeah. So um, the day. A day or two before, I was my camera, my da- battery died, and I was walking back to my hotel room uh, to recharge it. And he had come out to talk to the protesters. And it was that time was actually really interesting because he was we were like caged off. There's all these barricades and double fence, and he was like talking to the little people through the fence. And I happened to be on his side of the fence, the only one there. And I never camera stream. Film it, and he just, you know, they were asking him about a, you know, assortment of things, and then someone brought up how this is a um, secret meeting and blah blah blah, and he's like, it's not secret. I'm like, why well, are you signing non-disclosure agreements? It's like all I had to yell, and he like tried to ignore me a bit. Anyways, at that point, it felt very unnerving to me. Like I didn't like just seeing this Bilderberger talking to. You know the people here protesting them through a fenced gate it just made it really upset me, <laughs> so I just left to go get my battery like because I couldn't even film it anyways. I didn't and he had finished the conversation shortly after um so then that was an opportunity missed in my mind, and then two days later, I was walking with Paul Joseph Watson out of the freedom pen to go back to um, you know, the kind of the side areas where we were taking pictures. And I'm like seeing this guy walk towards us. I'm like, oh my god, that's Deirdrick Samson. That's the guy that I didn't get to talk to last time. I didn't know my camera. And then Paul ups out his phone and would put on my camera. I'm like, Mr. Samson, Mr. Samson, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he was actually on his way into the pen this time. So I guess maybe he didn't like the you know, uh, the barrier between the protesters because as a politician, you have to try and interact with the people on the same level, you know, it's a tactic. So he went in to talk to us directly in the Freedom Pen. And that's how we caught him. So we had the opportunity to talk to him on the way. And then by the end of it, there was a whole crowd around him.
0: Well, well, you're right. I mean, there's definitely the po- politician of sort of political error about him. And he, he definitely carried himself that way. And oh, it, it was interesting so- to... Sorry? It was myself, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, well it's interesting to watch the dynamic of, of the conversation and how it's uh, how it unfolds because I don't know about yourself, but when I was watching it, at first it seems like, oh, this is just going to be two minutes. He's going to answer a couple questions and then get away. But he continues to engage with with you and the people around you for for half an hour. It's quite a lengthy conversation. And I noticed in the comments on your YouTube channel, a lot of the people are saying, well, he seems like a a nice guy, um, which is a pretty amazing thing for people who presumably are following your channel because they're fellow anarchists who despise the Bilderberg and what it stands for as well. So um, he certainly does have that political about him doesn't he
1: yeah he's definitely trained he's a politician he you know he he was from a different kind of field and he deliberately made the choice to go into politics there must be reasons behind that and he's i think he saw this as a practice a chance to practice and to especially after all the kind of more um Right-wing voting results all over Europe, you know, in France and UKIP winning in England. I think this is a and him being on the, on the left. I think this was a chance for him to kind of understand where we're coming from and see how he can, you know, manipulate or. Well, I'm just imposing my, I, you know, my assumptions on it. But I, I have a healthy distrust for anyone who goes into politics, and the way that he carried himself, you know. He's definitely well trained, and he can definitely avoid certain questions or answer certain questions in a way that is very roundabout. And the most interesting part I thought was he kept on about democracy and voting and how we can change things. And then we brought up fluoride in the water and how nobody voted for that, nobody had a say; it was decided for. I don't even care if you believe that it's bad or good. Let's say it's the best thing ever for us. We did not have a choice in putting it in our water. So, and then at that point, you know, what does he say? He says, well, sometimes you have to vote things out (laughs) that are already implemented. And I'm like, and that's democracy? That's democracy? Voting out something that's imposed on you already and struggling to get something that you never wanted in the first place? That's not democracy. I don't even like democracy, but that's not even like... That's not even a pure form of democracy that he's, you know, supposedly trying to get, you know, so the power to the people, vote, vote people out, put politicians in jail if you don't like it, if you don't like this, you can change it. But that's not what we have, it's not what we've never had. And he obviously doesn't actually want that because he's okay with imposing laws before they're voted on.
0: Exactly right. Well, that's just the uh, clearest indication that we have that democracy is nothing but a feel-good buzzword that uh, politicians like to throw around because they know most people will just swallow it um, whole. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I noticed that point. I also noticed... Interestingly enough, he talked about Peter Thiel's uh, presence there. And of course, this is the PayPal co-founder slash Facebook early investor, um, libertarian millionaire uh, who, who does a lot of uh, investment in, in capital ventures there in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, and he t- was talking about sort of the libertarian ideas being propounded by Peter Thiel in Bilderberg, the Bilderberg meeting itself. What was your take on on that little part exchange?
1: Well, he said, Right, uh, He didn't agree with him And he's this, you know No taxes, no anything I guess he I'm, I don't know How much he had with Peter Thiel You know, I don't know that It seemed like he had a bit of an encounter with him But It also seemed like it could have been Just him knowing what Peter Thiel Stands for in the media And kind of regurgitating that And Peter is an Interesting guy um, I'm hoping to write an article about this and I have some good pictures of him from Bilderberg that we got but it seems like well this is my friend, uh, my friend Amir Taki actually put it like this, you know, he he's doing he's doing something with his right hand but he's doing something else with his left hand, like investing in plantier technologies, which you know, is quite, quite sketchy for somebody who believes in freedom and you know the libertarian principles of uh, privacy non-aggression like this is just the general consensus from our kind of movement and if he subscribes to that you know investing in some, a company like that is a bit weird and we, I just don't know I don't know but he he went to Bilderberg he was invited so what, why was he invited so that they could understand bitcoin better or see, get a different perspective or do they do that it's and it's odd I mean and even if he is like If you want on our side, I don't really believe their sides, but if he's on our side and he means, well, uh, I don't expect him to say no to the invitation. Maybe what's it all about? Maybe maybe he'll be talking about his experience. But I kind of doubt that. <laughs> you never that. know,
0: but I believe this is his second or maybe his third appearance at Bilderberg. So I think he's one of the gang at this point. And, uh, and I would echo what you're saying there and and in fact point out that his PayPal co-founder, um, whose name I forget, Max something or other, was the one who said on Charlie Rose's program several years ago that he uh, he loved the NSA and he wished he could work for them. So uh, And, you know, hey, maybe they are with Palantir and PayPal and all of the things that they're involved with. So I certainly have my my reservations about Peter Thiel and whether he's a uh, sort of false flag meme that's been inserted in there to make libertarians look bad. But uh, at, at any rate, okay. we'll find out more about what sort of develops out of that, if anything. But let's talk about some of the other things that you mentioned there with Diedrich. Uh, for example, uh, global warming did come up as an issue. And I thought, interestingly enough, he did point out, well, if global warming's a problem, we need a global solution for it. And how can you, how can you do that with anarchy?
1: Did you like his uh, Freudian slip there with the world order? <laughs> I loved that. Yes. I jumped all over that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. You know, he the people have to vote. The people have to vote, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to decide what's best for the people with a global solution because you know no one's going to agree on anything. So we should just decide for you. That's exactly what it is, right? right? Um, But he was very surprised with us not being fully on board with man-made global warming. And, I mean, being from Greenpeace, that's natural, I think. (laughs) And uh, I think he thought that maybe... He kept bringing up Greenpeace and he thought we'd be like buddy-buddy with him over it. Because I think the consensus from them is that we're all pot-smoking hippies, you know, that just we're you know it goes deeper than that we, i most of us don't like greenpeace there i've met i forget his name but he's one of the co-founders of greenpeace he was the grassroots greenpeace dude and i went to he came to mises canada in toronto and did a talk on how uh their anti-gmo campaigns you know kill children all over the world because of carotene deficiency so he's very now anti-greenpeace even though he helped found it and develop it so it's the whole that organization isn't black and white like he thinks that we think it is so i think he was very surprised and kind of disappointed in that because i think that was kind of a commonality he hoped to have with us
0: but he the, the didn't. best part is when you had the uh, the little vote on whether or not glo- man-made global warming exists and democracy proved that it didn't <laughs> uh,
1: so in our little freedom pen you know we made a change made a difference didn't we Yay! Hooray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, that, well, that again speaks to the 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 fundamental issue, which is what is political power and how is it wielded, and it is not wielded through votes, and it never has been, and never will be. So I um I I just I mean again, this is a fascinating conversation, and I noticed that your uh, your video only has forty four hundred views so far. So everyone who's watching this video should definitely go out and check it out, and of course I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go and watch it for yourselves. And uh, again, a half hour conversation. Very interesting. You got into a lot of different points with him.
1: It's a good discourse, I thought. You know, yeah. Kept it,
0: Exactly right. And and um, I noticed at a few points that you, you brought up talking points like talking about re- republic and things like that versus democracy. And I know that's not exactly what you believe politically speaking, but you were talking in the context of the conversation. Maybe you can just uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I was, you know, everyone goes through a transition. I don't know anyone who just becomes an anarchist outright. I was, you know, into the Republic for a long time. Um, and I would, you know, it, that could either be a stepping, you know, it, that could be a stepping stone or I don't like to hypothesize about that because usually revolution comes like everything just gets destroyed and then, you know, you start from, so it probably won't be a stepping, stepping stone, but in but it is a good conversational stepping stone because, okay, if you were there, there were a lot of, you know, people that kind of, they bring up subjects that were not helpful to the conversation. So he would, you know, engage those people and defeat them really fast instead of having a conversation with someone, you know, with a good background, knowledge, and who can actually engage him for a long time, people bringing up, you know, nine eleven and this and that. And it's like, why are you asking about my 9-11? Like she has no, for it's in the, it's like way in the past. It's an important topic, obviously, but what is he going to say to you? Oh yeah. nine wasn't it? Like it, he's a Dutch parliament
0: like, member. I mean, <laughs> it's not like he know, was like, involved I, in the operation.
1: Yeah, I didn't find it helpful or uh, relevant because he, he had nothing to do with, like, it's <laughs> no, you understand, is completely out of the blue for some, like, why aren't you talking to him about Bilderberg and today's policy? And it was just, it took me from the whole entire thing, I thought. So that kept bringing up, and he would give those people, you know, the time because it was very easy to say, well, uh, I, I don't have an opinion on it, and, you know, no one has all the, like, it was just pointless like shooting, shooting in a barrel of water, you know, it was pointless. So, same with, I felt if I was like, oh, what do you think about the non-aggression principle applied worldwide uh, and uh, us breaking into anarcho-capitalist communities where it's voluntary, you know, exchange of everything. You know, like you can't, it's such a anarchism is such a grand idea with so many different uh, paths and different philosophies. I'm not gonna summarize it for him and hope he engages me in the conversation and as soon as you hear the word anarchy, especially for a leftist like him, he's just gonna laugh and dismiss me like he did with a couple other questions that people threw at him and then he's not gonna come back to me because he's gonna think that I'm insane. That was my assumption so I didn't I just didn't go there because I, I thought it wasn't gonna be valuable and wasn't gonna go anywhere
0: no, I understand completely. And as someone who does interviews myself, uh, I can only imagine. I mean, I know how much preparation goes into an interview when I know who I'm going to be interviewing and I have time to prepare for it. So to just suddenly be in the midst of a conversation with a Bilderberger and to try to keep that to, exactly. to some something, uh, you know, so, some sort of reasonable discourse is extremely difficult. You did extremely well at it, so my hats off to you. I have 100% respect for the people who get out there and actually do something. I have zero percent respect for the armchair. Quarterbacks who try to critique it afterwards. So, uh, so my hats off to you I for the work that you did there.
1: Yeah, thank you. Because there, there were some, you know, suggestions in the comments, and they're great questions. It's like, well, yeah, if I had a notepad and you know, a couple minutes before, I would have. That would have been a great way to phrase that for him in terms of anarchy. But I'm, you know, I'm on the spot. Everyone's yelling over each other, and the video was actually about 40 minutes altogether. I cut it down because there was a lot of conversation that I just found pointless so once you he only had an hour and i didn't want to i didn't want my conversation with him to end by bringing up things he would dismiss
0: right all right okay well we'll leave it there and once again we'll exhort people to go and actually watch the video for themselves again i think it's uh, it's really fascinating to watch and it will i hope provoke a few thoughts and it's important for us also um who are opposed to bilderberg to not paint these people as cartoon characters these are real people who have real discussions as well and uh and i think we have to take that into account so it again That's a very a good- interesting uh video mm-hmm. so thank you for posting that thank you for the other work that you do at brave the world um i've uh, been following your work for about six months now i think uh, when i first saw you so oh, really?
1: you've, you, yeah you've so done cool. some excellent videos yeah. so far
0: so i hope people will check that out but before i let you go i have to ask the one question why brave the world <laughs> i don't even understand what that means
1: no. Okay. Well, it's a play on words from Brave New World. So instead of subscribing to this brave new world that we live in, it's brave the world. So go on and brave the world or brave the world. It's, it's just another way of saying be brave and don't, you know, don't settle for what we have and make your own change and make your own life and subscribe to your own ideas.
0: Fair enough. Well, it's a respectable ideology and, uh, and memorable. I think I can remember that. So bravetheworld.com. And uh, uh, hopefully we can have you on again in the future to talk more about anarchy. So yeah, thank you. Really good. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you. Take care.